Shows are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Welcome to the Adventures in Tech Podcast. Talking the latest tips and trends in educational technology to innovate and engage your students. Here are your hosts, Andrew and Dan. Hello, once again, welcome to the Adventures in Tech Podcast. This is episode number 14. I am one of your co-hosts. My name is Andrew. And my name is Dan. And we are super excited that you have joined us on this journey uh, on the Adventures in Tech. And if you like the content, please, again, help us out by providing feedback and a rating on wherever you download your podcast from. We greatly appreciate your support. Dan and I are always excited with all kinds of things, and I can say... We are super excited about this episode because we have uh, an interview coming up with a fantastic guest. That being said, we do want to go right into the weekly windup and not take away too much time. But, Dan, what's going on in classrooms? Anything uh, crazy going on? It's always something crazy going on. (laughs) It's a good thing. (laughs) It's a good thing. It is a good thing. You know, the classrooms are really, it's just really busy. I love Um, it. Working with a lot of joint projects, PBL things, um, Really going, you know, working with high school and elementary, them collaborating together. And it just reinforces to me why I love technology integration. Absolutely. Um, You know, this whole podcast is about adventures in tech. And it's there's such a great library of tools out there that just make things that are possible that were not possible before. You know, technology in the curriculum is not about, you know, a standalone show me something that you can do. One time, right? One time. It's just if you weave it into the process, it can open up so many doors, create so many opportunities. Um, And like we've said before, it engages the students. If you have a good lesson plan, then you don't have to worry about classroom management. That's the biggest thing. And being able to use technology in a meaningful way to create experiences for students is great. So you ask what's going on in the classroom it's actually creating an awesome blended environment that sparks creativity, collaboration, and authentic assessment. Yeah, the student engagement, as we, we say time and time over again, is so important in you know making sure the students stay engaged. And I can't really summarize uh, you know any better than what Dan had just said. We've had some great uh, things over the past week with uh, using Makey Makeys once again in the classroom. That was a lot of fun. We got green screen with first graders coming up. We got the dash encoding and robots coming up. So lots of things uh, that are happening in the classroom. And I know we talked about it a lot. Uh, the final, uh, we're finally on to the podcasting with number talks. Yeah, as, you I'm know, really excited about with the that. math, with the students, and then also in an ELA classroom. So, so many things going on. And, you know, we say crazy, but we love that it's so busy uh, because it just makes things so fun. Learning is fun for these students. And like we said, they are uh, just very much engaged. So that's awesome. And, and it's also fun for the teachers. I mean, we just yeah. finish up wrapping up an opening slide deck for some first graders tomorrow. Yep. And we were laughing and having fun the whole time we were making it. That's it. Because we we created something. We had a vision. We didn't go out there to someplace online and look for something that was already out there. We were able to build something using some really valuable tools that are available to anyone. Yeah. So uh, that being said, we do want to... Uh, dive into the weekly windup. Not a ton of news that we want to cover, kind of keeping it uh, short and sweet uh, this week, but there is an article that we talked about with expanding into early childhood and is it good for ed tech companies. And the exciting thing is we talk often about Kahoot and Kahoot is actually expanding and launching a product designed specifically for for children uh, ages two through seven. So 
We talk about Kahoot, and we use it a lot. It's in a lot of classrooms, uh, you know, across the district. But now they're really honing the product to really hit those younger ages, preschool, universal pre-K kind of age kids, and then obviously K-1-2 for that 5 through 7 age. And I think it's going to be an excellent product. I mean, you know, uh, listen, the apps, the features, it, the thing that I'm most excited about is how it's going to tailor to the tykes mm-hmm. or to those students and really touch base on their social emotional and really give them the foundational skills, you know, with math and SEL and reading and just kind of, you know, introduce them. So when they do get to grade school and primary intermediate all the way up, they have more of a uh, foundation already built that will allow them to do so much more with the technology in the classrooms. Absolutely. And, you know, you look at the, the ed tech companies and these products being tailored for, for early childhood, um, you know, it's really important that we, we consider the use and the balance of, of any technology with the early childhood. I mean, and, and some of these products out there are, are designed and tailored to short experiences right. with students intera- interacting with technology. So they're actually creating something involving themselves in them for, for short periods. So it's not giving them that glazed, over-tuned-out effect of a droning watching. And, and so they're actually creating something. So I think managing it effectively, putting it into your instructional design, and having it a part of these early childhood centers is good. And it also provides them with the digital skills that they're going to need as they move up through their K-12 experience. That's the key. We're not saying use tech or use a device just to use it. That's that's not our, our mantra here at all. It's got to be valuable for the students, for the, you know, the teacher itself and, and make sure that model is going to work, you know, across all sectors that you're utilizing it in. So, right. And uh, I just want to add, you know, when we're, when we're dealing it not only with early childhood, um, or, or any grade level with technology, there's a big difference between an active learning experience versus that glazed over look that yeah. kids get when they're just not involved with what's happening. Uh, we'll post the uh, the article in the show notes so you can check out uh, the new uh, app version that's getting launched by uh, Kahoot. Uh, we do want to say uh, NiceGate. The 2022 NiceGate grant application is uh, open. Uh, The deadline is April 30th of 2022. So each year, if you're not uh, familiar, NiceGate members are able to apply for a grant uh, for projects, you know, consistent with the NiceGate mission statement that supports New York content and instructional technology standards and the ISTE standards. So, uh, anybody uh, from, you know, pre-K through 12 and higher ed faculty, anybody with teacher preparation, they are able to submit a proposal and all of those uh, grant applications are due by midnight on April 30th and the uh, awardees will be announced in June and, and July. And then obviously you do get recognized at the NiceGate annual conference held uh, typically in November. So that's exciting. That is. Uh, lastly, the one other thing we want to touch on that I kind of forgot about auto draw. I know. And then when you put it into our, our planning, cal- <laughs> I, planning calendar, I started playing with it and I forgot all about the how much fun this is. Fun. Yeah. It's it's a lot of fun and for the students. And, you know, sometimes they. I wish you could see my computer screen right now. <laughs> there's there's just. Uh, you know, there's that fear. Like, you know, some kids are like, I'm not, I'm not good at, uh, you know, my artistic abilities are not what I want them to be. And some, you know, some students, you know, just it's, it's, they thrive at it. So 
the auto draw allows them to kind of draw the picture that, or draw what they want to draw. And then it, you're able to just automatically transform it into a clip art. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we spend so much time as educators trying to find that perfect piece of clip art, searching Google and making sure there's no background and, and everything when you can simply just use auto draw, draw what you want and kind of transform it automatically into that clip art that you want in the color you want as well. And, and, you know, piggybacking off of our last podcast on sketchnoting, you know, you're looking for that sketchnoting platform. Yep. AutoDraw is it. And you can put in text along with your pictures. And the AI in this amazing. Is, is amazing. I, I just used freehand with a mouse to try and draw a boat. And all of a sudden it said, hey, are you trying to draw a boat? Yeah, it's Here's so about smart. 32 images of boats. You and then can you get choose to choose from. it. So instead of Googling all of the images you want to get, now you just use AutoDraw and it kind of uses the AI to kind of say, okay, you're drawing a boat uh, and you, that's what you want. And I think that is a perfect segue. We're going to talk about the moat boat. The moat boat. So, Why do you think I drew a boat? <laughs> to get on board. That's it. So let's get to our special guest. This is John Neal, our VP of Education from moat.com. You can find him on Twitter at just moat hq and uh we're going to talk about how everybody can join the moat boat right that's the big saying we say and if i look correctly and my numbers may not be a hundred percent accurate john please feel free to correct me but there's 30 million 237,210 moats created to date there are definitely a lot of voice notes <laughs> that have been created using Mo. Um, I, I don't, I don't unfortunately have a running tally in my office, but um, <laughs> but it, but it's definitely in the tens of millions. And we're really, really excited with the amount of um, voice notes. Not only the voice notes that have been created, but but the positive impact that um, that that's had in in classrooms and at homes and for learning across the world. Yeah, perfect. So. Tell us a little background about yourself. We know you were a former educator before you went into, you know, the moat yeah. world and everything. So, and and not only about yourself, but what moat is for our, our listeners and how it started, like the brainchild, everything like that. Yeah, of course. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. It was a real pleasure to meet with you both uh, up in Rochester in yeah. um, the, the the tail end of uh, 2021 at the NiceGate conference. And in terms of myself, so... Um, Cutting a long story as short as I possibly can, uh, was an accountant, didn't particularly like that, that wasn't for me, uh, saw an advert about teaching, always passionate about sport and started as a phys ed teacher. Over the years, I taught economics, computer science, design, a bit of business, some maths, um, and found my way to uh, gravitating toward digital learning in about 2014. Um, I was one of the, the the scenario that did it for me was I was stuck in a spreadsheet that I couldn't edit because a colleague of mine was on it. And I ended up hearing about Google Sheets. And then ever since then, I've been a huge advocate of all things Google Free to You. Um, along the way, being privileged to become a Google innovator, Google trainer, um, Apple Distinguished Educator. And most recently, I've actually joined uh, ISTE's International Advisory Board. Um, and that sort of all culminated in a move away from the classroom and away from school leadership back at the uh, in the sort of spring of 2021, when I had o- already connected with Will Jackson, the CEO of Moat, and I'd made a couple of videos and done one or two other things for them. And, and the timing was right for all parties. And after lots of sort of uh, chats about the future of Moat and the future of education and the role that Moat would have to play, it was my privilege 
to join them as the VP of Education, as I say back then. And to your to your question and to the point about what is Moat, uh, we are a all-in-one audio toolkit that allows for as seamless as possible integration of voice throughout Google's ecosystem. So whether you're using it for feedback in Google Classroom, or maybe you want to add some creativity to a slide deck or some accessibility into Google Forms, you name it, the Google product, and we are doing our best to be supporting both teachers and learners and the wider school community in how they might go about leveraging the power of voice. Awesome, awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah, I would have to say, um, you know, it's funny how how we all approach um, and get into the positions that we're at. You know, I started, you know, talking about me and my world into technology. It's, it's kind of you get there out of necessity and you figure out what works. I started out teaching in New York City and oh, when like the first smart boards came out and all that. And they put me in a classroom with like a laptop cart. And they said, all right, you're the showcase classroom. Now figure it out. And, <laughs> and but it's amazing, like when you have that education experience and you're looking at ways to reach your students, it, it takes you to the tools that will work best in that instructional design. So thank you for sharing that. That definitely um, helps us out. So uh, a follow up question I had is we know that moats uh, all within your Chrome extensions, right? That's the main thing is we live in the Google ecosystem, like it you is. were mentioning. And yeah. now uh, it's coming on iOS, is that correct? That is right, yeah. So we have an iOS app. Uh, we have an iOS app that is primarily targeted towards, in its first instance, uh, towards teacher usage. So um, we had one or two issues in terms of the way that um, all things iOS and Apple work. We had some issues in terms of getting the audio recorder to embed within the keyboard itself. So there's a little bit of a workaround, um, but it does still function as a tool to be able to record your audio. And I think possibly the most positive outcome of that is just a real intent for us to be able to support people that aren't necessarily using the Chrome browser. Um, so for example, both iOS and Android, but how we might look in the future to be able to have a fully functional web-based recorder. That's fantastic because you know we know the power of audio and we're gonna talk mm -hmm. about that in a, in a few minutes, but this is just the most simplistic and easy way. And I think we can all feel your pain when you were saying how, oh, I'm on a spreadsheet and someone else is editing it and you get that. We won't mention that company that we're talking about, that <laughs> spreadsheet, but you know, oh, it's locked because somebody else is yeah. editing it. And now, you know, you talk about how the Google ecosystem has just completely revolutionized in the collaboration, you know, perspective. I mean, Dan and I are always collaborating on things at the same time. So it really, you know, is so powerful. And now with the Moat integrations, not only being classroom and slides docs sheets forms which is such you know it's so powerful and then uh gmail and any web page yep. so uh yeah. you know the power of moat uh, i'm on the moat boat i'm gonna steer it uh <laughs> all, you know. aboard. all aboard, <laughs> all aboard Just, the moat boat <laughs> i don't know you might have steered yourself into an iceberg uh <laughs> nah. but um you know we have to say that you know as far as our position goes as technology integration specialist and often pd and offering pd um, Moat has become essential in us communicating um, with the participants in, in our classes because a lot of what we've done and we moved our, our, our PD to all online and then a lot of it being asynchronous and talking about the power of audio feedback, uh, Moat has made it really um, easy to offer feedback and continue a conversation with our participants 
without having to meet live face to face. So, you know, talking about the power of audio, um, I think it goes, um, you know, there's a convenience factor yeah. of it, but I think there, there's more to it than just the convenience in terms of um, offering effective feedback. Yeah, and I think that um, just to piggyback on that, I think that one of the one of the reasons that um, the moat has really exploded in its popularity is just as we know, there are some wonderful um, text to voice tools. So it's very like uh, Microsoft's Immersive Reader, for example, is a is a wonderful tool. But our feedback almost unanimously states that whilst that's fine, and whilst that obviously is great for accessibility when you hear a known and trusted voice and you can hear the intonation of that person and you can picture in your mind's eye the way that they engage with you in another context or perhaps you've only seen them on a video call but you can still tie that voice and therefore whatever they're saying as feedback back to that person it becomes all the more engaging and all the more possible for you to act on that in a way that is as was intended and and to not misinterpret that yeah, and you know, talking about misinterpretation and things getting misconstrued, there's often times that things can be typed in an email or a text message <laughs> where we've all experienced being like, what are they talking about? Or maybe we're, you know, feeling a little taken back by what was said. When you're, you know, using your the power of the voice, it really gets the point across where, you know, and not even just for colleagues, you know, uh, you know, across, you know, the district and uh, you know, the world, but even just to our students, it's so much yeah. more powerful. And when we talk about technology and the power of voice with Moat, I mean, think about how important is it now in this realm of education that we are in? And like you said, Moat has exploded. So how how do we, you know, harness that power and and where are we going with that, you know, with that you see, John? Yeah, so in terms of voice, I think that uh, I've been a huge advocate of voice sort of pre pre my time at Moat. Um, I think that, you know, for the reasons that that, that we just discussed, um, I think that in terms of Moat's own own impact, that we will always seek to be trying to trying to build connection, I think, with with, um, with human connection at our heart and listening to the community, um, not uh, not, I should say, listening to the voice notes that left during Moat, but like hearing those voices that take the time to connect with us through support channels or through social media, trying to be as responsive as possible and trying to understand that there is still a lot more that we can do with voice um, to, to, to aid that community that we're serving. For example, one of the things that we launched slightly into this academic year, so it was kind of September, October time, we launched audio QR codes. Um, that's been a big win for praise postcards being sent home, perhaps to members of your school community that wouldn't be able to engage as much as they would like with, with a written message when they can hear the teacher's voice singing the praises of their child. It's just, it's another level. And we've also seen that same use case. For example, one of our ambassadors has this wonderful idea called uh, um, notes and notes of audio affirmation. So they are the, the kind of thing that you would typically find in like a school bathroom or maybe the sort of quieter parts of the school where a student could read to sort of collect themselves and then to get on with the day. And one of the other things that she was using voice for in this particular context was those students that she had a really, really strong relationship with and that she knew were dependent on that relationship when they came to school. She actually gave them little cards that they were able, personalized cards that they were able to carry around with them. So anytime they could quickly see her face on the card, they could scan the code and they could listen to that really assuring, as I say, trusted voice. I love That's that great. idea I, I, that you just mentioned about the, you know, the positive 
you talk about connecting to the community and, yeah. you know, with the families at, at large, you know, we get bogged up with the day to day of everything that we need to do and, you know, making the phone calls and trying to connect with the, the parent just for that positive message, that yeah. that postcard that like that that's going to go in my toolbox right there for teachers. Oh, great. <laughs> Absolutely. And we think about how much we have to really help with the SEL component yeah. with our students especially with you know everything that's been going on the last few yeah. years and you know it, it's often difficult to be able to check in on a regular basis but having that personalized voice that can speak to a student um is great that's such a fantastic idea thanks for sharing that no of course it, it wasn't my idea uh, it was from <laughs> our community but yeah happy to share it yeah uh, you can take credit for it john come on <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> So let's talk, uh, you know, inspiration. So we know that the Moat Boat is growing, right? We know it's 30 yeah. million plus. So what inspires you and the Moat community as we start to look, you yeah. know, at the future of education? What's what's the inspiration? Yeah, well, I think um, that it isn't purely numbers, you know, that we're, we're not looking like it's great to hear about those millions of moats. And um, I don't know if you saw, we were named to one of Google, Google Chrome, mm -hmm. um, like um, editors picks for 2021 which was a huge achievement because that wasn't something that we you know that we even knew about to, to to be perfectly honest until we got the message through it came through to will who, who's our ceo and i think that one of the things that we always try to do is to remember that the the reason that moat came about was actually very simple so the two founders um alex and will were using google and and they wanted to have a way that they could they could asynchronously uh, collaborate but collaborate in a way that was connecting them more than just a typed comment and this was sort of was on their mind at the end of 2019 and it just so happened that they launched they were ready to launch in March of 2020 so um I was one of the first educators to spot it and to jump aboard the the moat boat but um but it wasn't necessarily it wasn't planned on being um a ed tech tool per se but the way that it's been adopted and the way that the engineers now really embrace the idea of, you know, that this might not have been the plan on day one, but we've been able to sort of pivot a bit. And, you know, through our Moat Certified Educator, through the Moat Ambassador Program, through the connections that we make at the conferences that we're now blessed to be able to attend actually in person, which is yeah. quite incredible. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's sort of it's quite hard to know exactly where we're going to go next, but just to, to reassure everyone that we, as much as is possible, we, we we try to make sure every feature, every iteration on the actual product is is based upon feedback that we've got from the community and and trying to solve actual problems that are there for not only educators, not only for students, but for everyone involved in that in the community of learning because it isn't just uh, one or two people involved with that so i think that that's where where we would say that we kind of pin our flag yeah and i think yeah. educators are going to appreciate that because you're taking what you know as you start to you know the iterations of the product evolve you're taking what they need into consideration to make the product better for usage in the future yeah and a huge gratitude i should say to, to all the teachers that do share ideas with us we've actually got a request platform and that is reviewed every single day um by everyone on the team just to make sure that we are if there's anything it's got like a thumbs up uh functionality so if we notice or if we get notified that there are one or two features that are uh, bubbling their way to the top 
then those are, you know, given a higher priority than perhaps otherwise. So just, um, you know, would, would continue to encourage people to, to engage with that platform. That's great. And I have to say one of those features that came out, you know, fairly recently are hypermodes. Yeah. which I think is a real game changer. So I don't know if yeah. you want to talk about hypermotes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that one of the reasons that hypermotes was such a big win, and it was actually just launched after the Knifescape conference, mm -hmm. um, which was a shame. But um, yeah, the idea being is that with Moat up until uh, November 2021, you were able to embed your voice notes into a Google comment. And for those people that might not have used Moat, that basically gave a really nice experience where the audio card would actually play back from within a traditional Google comment box. We were we did hear that sometimes, and I've been in this situation myself, comments were accidentally and sometimes deliberately closed down a little bit uh, prematurely. So we wanted to go about solving that in a way that would actually have a greater impact. And one of our biggest feature wins has been the embedding audio into Google Slides. So we were thinking like it'd be really good to have a similar piece of functionality available to users of Google Docs. So that's where Hypermotes came about. Um, and the so the way that it works for anyone that may not have seen it is basically you can highlight any element in a Google Doc. So be it text, an image, or otherwise, maybe it's a table. And then um, you can then very easily creating a hypermote, what it does is it puts a hyperlink in onto that particular element. And then when you click on it, rather than taking you to an external web page, what it would do is it will pop an audio card, pop a voice note right up there where you click in the body of the Google Doc. And one of the biggest wins and one of the things I'm most excited about for that is knowing how that would be, just as you say, a game changer for teachers using, for example, Google Classroom. They want to make a copy for each student and then they can do that with, with one voice note that's just going to be there in the instructions. Great for accessibility, great for engagement, and yeah. those can only be re really wonderful things to happen. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's very, it's very powerful. And especially if we look at, you know, just on the one end, like the, the effectiveness of feedback, you know, the feedback is purposeful and it's targeted towards learning goals and really put right there, that hypermote allows the teacher to really get in and identify different areas and offer that effective feedback. Um, so that's a great feature. Yeah. Yeah. Thank and the, the efficiency component of it, it's so quick and easy. That's, you know, we always look to be efficient, you know, yeah. effectiveness, yes, but efficient with quick and time. It's so simple. Yeah. And, and that, I think that's the real power of moat is the simplicity of you. Now I know from your end, there's a lot that goes on to make all that seamlessness <laughs> happen. I can't even imagine. Yeah. But as, as an educator to have that voice platform wherever I need it, where I don't have to jump through hoops and yeah. have different links and do whatever it needs to do or open up in a separate program allows me to be a creator and create these experiences for students. So it's nice is what you look at just as a simple voice recording can then be utilized in so many different ways um, to spark creativity and collaboration and yeah. design thinking and yeah. EBL product, you know, projects in the classroom. It, it just really thinking outside the box with voice and the ease of moat makes things amazing as an educator. And then also probably as a learner as well. Yeah. And I would say that those things that you just mentioned are, are are so close to my heart. I think I think that's what education is all about. Um, that's probably one for another podcast. But the idea of 
you know, really empowering everyone to be creators, to be able to collaborate, to be able to connect with the wider world. I think that those are those are really just beautiful things for for us all to learn and for us all to be mm -hmm. um, to, to to be working on and to be able to play a small part in that. Really, really does mean a lot to me, and I, and I know it means a lot to the rest of the team at most as well. So I want to talk about the three different moat options. Uh, we know there's a district sure. level, uh, yep. you know, platform, you know, with pricing uh, for for users of an entire district. Um, you know, Dan and I had the conversation, you know, we always talk about free 99 on the podcast. <laughs> and for those who are starting out to see how valuable of a tool that moat can be in, in providing feedback, you know, in the classroom, it's free. They get 20 per month and 30 yep. second recording time. It's integrated. Yep you know, simple through Chrome. So that's great. Dan and I had a conversation with, you know, 180 seconds recording time in the unlimited part, right? And the voice to text and you can save and reuse moats, you know, for $39 a year. That yeah. is phenomenal. It really is. Yeah. And, and and do you know what? Like for anyone that was using moat um, before January 2022, we, we, we're well aware that the that the free version used to be used to be entirely unlimited in terms of the amount of moats that you're able to create. Uh, the reason that we settled upon 20 is, believe it or not, the vast majority. And I mean, like the vast majority of people were creating less than 20 moats per month. Those creating more than 20 per month on a free version were typically in the hundreds. Um, so we were trying to strike the right balance in a way that was really recognizing the need for it to still be affordable, for the free tier to still mean something, but also to be able to work together in our own team and to be able to continue to serve in a way that if we wouldn't have made one or two tweaks would have been really hard for us to do. But some of those features that you just mentioned with the unlimited tier. Uh, so we have the moat book, which is a little bit uh, aligned with Google Classrooms um, when you can use the comment bank. The benefit of Moatbook being is you can use it anywhere, not just within classroom. And then for, for example, English language learners or for people in the world language classroom, we've heard huge um, thanks with the possibility of not only using the voice to text transcription for English speakers, but for speakers of any other language. So it's a really nice way, for example, for someone in a Spanish classroom to test their Spanish or for someone who's a Spanish speaker to be able to benefit from all of the same uh, features. And as you say, we have a vastly increased recording time. We, it's important to say as well that we obviously have the individual pricing, which as you say is $39. So that represents, I don't, I don't know the price of coffee in America, but but, but, but I imagine that, that, that it's, not, it's not entirely uh, departed from that, the cost per month. And then we also have the school and district wide pricing, which represents about a 97% discount on, on that per seat when you're looking to buy at a slightly larger scale. Wow. That's great. Yeah, I mean, it is. And, and again, we see the value in it. And that's what's really beneficial. Like, you know, Dan and I have our discussions. This is, you know, this is just such a powerful tool in your toolbox to use for, you know, on a daily basis that, you know, it is it is worth the pricing in that component. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, for for thirty nine dollars for a year, I think about all the time that I save um, working and offering feedback and creating is well worth it. And then I think it also for me as as an educator, the ability to to use Moat for that personalized audio feedback makes me feel like I'm communicating better with the, with the student. Right. Yeah. It, it's increasing my efficacy as a teacher because I can 
really put into words they can hear like you mentioned earlier hear your intonation pinpoint something specific allow them to elaborate on it um and then seeing that oh the students and and that's another thing that you can see if the student engaged in the moat so you know yeah. uh, that feedback is not just sitting out there because i'll right. be honest a lot of times if i'm giving written feedback or putting something on there that's completely ignored a student's looking at a grade or looking at something and tossing it aside but that audio and putting it in there and they listen to it there there's you know then there provides the opportunity for the student to reflect to go back and, and revisit and then demonstrate their understanding in a new way because they hear my feedback and questions directly yeah amazing amazing <laughs> it mean, sounds like a great it sounds like a great tool <laughs> yeah, I know. Who came up with this idea yeah. <laughs> So uh, I, I know we're going to start to wrap up. We, you know, we're very appreciative of your time, John. So is there anything that you see on the horizon for Moat that uh, may be coming, you know, for the next academic year that you can kind of tell us? Or is it yeah, all so, yeah, so no, I think that we, we are, as I say, the uh, request place is, is definitely a good place to go. Uh, we, we, we listen... Um, very very much to what our community and to what our teachers are saying is a need and is a pain point for them uh, we also are kind of really keen on being able to integrate voice a little bit better um, outside of google so for example there are some wonderful tools out there um, the likes of wakelet who we would really benefit from being able to have some way to to more easily integrate into platforms like that or perhaps even a perhaps even a google sites who knows that's great well, I like that you mentioned Wakelet. That's another one of our uh, favorite yeah, tools. It's, it's a great tool. And and you know what as well, like from my previous role, like um, when I was a digital learning leader based in London, I, I, I know that there are, that it isn't only Moat out there that, that's really trying to build community and support teachers. I mean, we, we could spend ages listing all those companies that, 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 that really mm -hmm. value their community, that value educators and, and also put learning at the heart of, of all that they do. So being at the conferences and, you know, being able to, to, to connect with, with some of the teams from other companies um, has been a real privilege. John, where are you located now? I am in a town called Southampton, which is on the south coast of England. I'm about an hour south of London. Awesome. Oh, wow. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. And, you know, we, we would have loved to have joined you at Fetzi, but unfortunately we were not able to get yeah. away from the cold weather here in New York. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> but, uh, Dan, you have any final thoughts uh, for John? Um, just thank you for, you know, agreeing to spend some time with us and talk to us about uh, Moat and really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you both so much for having me on. Um, and I'm sure as well that we can put into your show notes when you share this out. I'm sure we can put a little a little bit of an unlimited gift for, for the listeners of the podcast. So oh, they're we'll, gonna love it. Um, that's sure that's that very appreciated. Thank yes. you so much. John, thank you again. We appreciate it. We look forward to connecting with you at future conferences. We're definitely gonna see you at Nice Gate, uh, you know, you coming will. up in November. Let's uh let's have some Kool-Aids and some good food uh, <laughs> somewhere, maybe uh some uh, dinosaur barbecue, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. That sounds great. Thank you both so much. Goodbye Thanks, for now. John. Bye bye now. Wow, what what an interview with John. Truly appreciative of his time, right, Dan? Absolutely. I'm that so was great. Yeah, I'm so glad we had the opportunity to to have him on the podcast. Yeah, so once again, thank you all for your support, listening on all the platforms, leaving us a review. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, please reach out. Tech hard, work smart, live in adventure. Find Andrew on all socials at A Nicola Tech and Dan at WCSD Tech DR.